Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico. If you've had a paranormal or a spiritual experience and you'd like to be on the show, or you just want to come on and talk about some unconventional topics, send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. Send me a message there and we will get you on the show. If you like the show and would like to support the show, I'm not asking for money. I'm asking for you guys to hop onto Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Um, I really appreciate those. I read them and I take any criticism. Tell me what your favorite episode is. Tell me what I could do better. Um, And Spotify also has a star rating system now too. So if you could go over to Spotify and rate the show five stars, that would really help this show out and help it grow and I can get more and more guests on. With all that being said, thank you in advance. Uh, Today's episode is with my new friend Lehman. Uh, Lehman reached out to me after hearing me on Andy Rouse's show, and we had an awesome conversation. Uh, a lot of synchronicities. I don't want to give too much away. Lehman's a really cool guy. I feel like me and him are, we're probably brothers in a past life. Uh, I'm in several group chats with him now. I actually have another episode with him and Ron Weed coming out in the near future. And yeah, just a really awesome guy. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Definitely follow Lehman on Instagram at Lehman Dollins Art. And uh, yeah, enjoy the show, guys. It's a fun one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate Unconventional. Tonight, I have a very special guest. And uh, this guest reached out to me after hearing me on Andy Rouse's show, The Deep Share. And um, it was really humbling. He actually, he's an artist a self-taught artist, and he uh, recreated an image from one of my uh, lucid dreams. And I was really kind of taken aback (laughs) that someone actually did that and listened to my show. So I was very, very humbled by that. But um, we we started messaging each other on Instagram. And, you know, he said there's a lot of overlap in some of his personal experiences and stuff that I've gone through. And, you know, one thing led to another, and we were able to get him on the show a little quicker than we had planned. So, Lehman, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, I heard you on uh, the Blue Collar Mystics, and before we jump into some of the uh, paranormal and spiritual stuff, I just wanted to touch on one little thing you said. You said how like all these like psyops and conspiracy theories and things like that are very similar to like the temptress. You know, they're there to kind of keep us distracted and that you're you've kind of pulled yourself out of that a little bit and took some time to really focus on yourself and your art and that you've noticed an improvement with that. And, you know, to me, I, I've been doing the same thing. I've been staying off of social media a lot lately, haven't been posting much, and I've noticed my personal, you know, spiritual growth and things that I'm working on in my personal life have really improved once I stopped putting a lot of energy into you know, the, all the nonsense that's going on in the mainstream media and stuff. And I've noticed too, when you, it's like funny how things are kind of starting to change now. Cause I've, a lot of people I'm talking to, they're all kind of doing the same. They're all kind of focusing inward as opposed to outward. And I've always been a firm believer that, um, you know, take care of your own backyard first. If everyone took care of their own backyard, the whole community will grow. So I just wanted to see if you could touch on that a little bit. And then uh, we'll jump into some of your paranormal experiences. Right. Um, early on in my uh, 
awakening, I thought that it was extremely important to share with other people the things that I was uncovering in my own research to wake them up. And years and years of doing this only caused me to lose friends, caused me ridiculous amounts of frustration that I, if you had to measure it, could reach you know, out into the cosmos. And it literally gave nothing to my quality of life. I was only hurting myself. And the second I stepped back away from that, uh, all of a sudden, you know, the, the sun shone just a little brighter. Things looked a little uh, better. Uh, I was getting more traction in uh, learning very complicated skills when it comes to uh, 3D modeling and digital art in general. I was having more, uh, even more unique spiritual experiences that were frankly opening me up to more and more uh, grandiose ideas of what's actually possible and what may be happening here in this realm. Mm -hmm. And transurfing has the idea of this pendulum. And with your attention and intention, you are the hand, the hidden hand that pushes the pendulum. Now, the pendulum does not care if it's swinging away or toward you. It just wants mo motion, very much like an egregore. The egregore doesn't care if the energy is good energy, like um, Jesus or Buddha, or bad energy, like Lucifer or Satan. It just wants energy. Right. And you, and you mentioned in your thing that you're not, you're not doing the dystopian style art as much. And I, I'm a firm believer in that too, because I've noticed when a lot of the weird kind of darker paranormal stuff would happen, it's my mind was in darker places. I was, you know, looking into things that I'm not going to say we're like evil, but it's like you, you surround yourself with these negative vibrations and it starts to show, it starts to materialize in the physical. And I, I just thought that was so cool how you kind of said, like, I'm, going to focus on what i want to see not so much what i'm actually seeing <laughs> yeah um it has uh, like art I'm, i believe that most artists are merely conduits for a greater creative force and i do think that create there's more than one creative force I do believe that there's a positive creator, ultimate source at which we all come from. I also believe that there may very well be a very dark force that also tries to influence us. And it's the North, uh, the, the Native American peoples around the world all have this kind of idea of, you know, the white wolf, the black wolf. Mm -hmm. The one that gets stronger is the one that you feed daily. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, Nico, but I try my best to feed the white wolf. I have these strange visions that come into my visual cortex that are uh, dystopian, horrible, very horror show. And I'm not into horror uh, movies or anything like that because I'm uh, so sensitive. It affects me greatly. But I have that Im imagery coming at me. 
where is it coming at me from? Because I don't watch TV. I don't listen to music regularly like I used to. And so it's, I I think we're given a choice on a regular basis because not only do I see the darkness in my visual cortex when I close my eyes and have these artistic visions, but I also see things that are a little better. You know, I see the natural world. And so if you look at my Instagram, you'll see that I've been trying my best to uh, sculpt uh, animals. Now, I'm not great at it, and there's a lot to be learned. But I think yesterday I did a cassowary bird and and an otter. And so that's just a, a conscious attempt to get away from that negative frequency that I, you know, a lot of people think we're being bombarded by it through 5G technology. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody truly knows, but we're, it's hitting us from somewhere. It is. And I'm and saying, you, go ahead, Nico. No, I was just going to say, it, it comes at us in all angles. I mean, even like, I have a four-year-old and even stuff like he watches on the iPad when I let him watch the iPad for a little bit, you start listening you're like, really? <laughs> and like a kid's thing? It, it just, it, there is an agenda for sure, but... Uh, yeah, it's just the whole idea of the egregore too. What you put your energy into is what's going to materialize. And I really, really vibe with that, you know, and I'm really trying myself to try to just stay out of anything negative, try to keep the house a very like pure, clean place in a sense. But yeah, man, it's just, it's crazy. And it, you've kind of inspired me too. I used to paint a lot and I want to, I want to get back into it just to have that extra creative outlet but uh heck yeah man Uh, the art is the doing Mm -hmm. there's an end product but that's not the most important part no it's the act it's that moment when you're you're creating and you're directly connected to source and uh, you know you brought up uh the blue collar mystics and uh bootsy what he's trying to do with that platform and grow that community is to give people pragmatic uh, solutions to our spiritual walk. This, I mean, it's, I personally think it's an illusion that this is a material reality. I think we're spiritual beings um, kind of in a uh, training ground of sorts. Mm-hmm. And um it, the ones who succeed are the ones that can see through the many, many veils of deception that are coming at us at warp speed. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. My in the last year or so, you know, I started thinking that this reality, just because of people I've met and stuff like that, it's like there's no coincidence in meeting certain people in your life. And I tend to believe that we're in a we're all spiritual actors in a sense. We're these cosmic beings and we all meet up and come down here for different roles and different plays at different points in time. And we're all put on here to act out a scenario and see how it, how it unfolds in a sense. And sometimes we repeat it multiple times. Sometimes people get it right the first or second time, but I don't know. It kind of goes into the reincarnation, but I, I do feel like this is an illusion to an extent. And, like you said, kind of a training ground to not even prepare us, just to like 
learn these universal lessons and, and get your soul right and get to that higher frequency. So yeah, let's, let's dive in to that a little more and let's start with your journey. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so I, I grew up in very rural Northeast Texas, mm-hmm. not too terribly far from the Red River. And uh, when we first moved to this uh, home that was my home for like 15 years, I was like uh, four years old and we didn't have uh, potable water and we didn't have electricity. So I le- actually learned to read by Karen Seed Lantern and we had to get our water from a spring. Now, throughout my uh, childhood and teenage years, I thought that was a big pain in the ass. But the fact that I didn't get all of that, those many years of uh, fluoridated water, I think actually is the reason why I have so many interesting experiences now. I would agree uh, with that. <laughs> so when I was roughly nine, 10 years old, uh, you know, you grew up in like a hunting family. Mm-hmm. Well, I was also in a, a very large hunting community. And I loved the woods. I didn't necessarily hunt, but I was always in the woods, jumping through creeks or whatever. And I had the fortune of having like 80 acres right behind my dad's home to play in. And so I was nine, 10 years old, somewhere around that. I'm in the middle of these woods and there isn't anybody else in these woods at this time. And I have a very unique name. There's not a lot of people named Lehman in the world. And a woman's voice, very soft, but crystal clear, said Lehman. And it was like right beside me. And I am like, yeah. (laughs) I didn't know. I like, I walked back to the house. There was no one at my home. Uh, I knew there there was nobody in those woods. There was nobody right beside me. And I don't know what said my name. And that was one of the first moments where I was like, what is that? You know, I was a very gifted child. You know, things come rather easily to me. And so that kind of started my research. I would go to uh, my school library and read anything that had any subject that was out of the norm because I knew that was not normal. So, you know, I'm looking into OBs, pyramids, uh, witches that were burnt at the stake, all these different things. And fast forward to I'm about 15 years old and I hear about Robert Monroe institute and so i start trying to have an out-of-body experience so i was doing the whole thing where you you sleep for seven hours you get up for 45 minutes and then you fall back to sleep to try to come up out of your body and i'd been doing it for like three four days straight and then uh, i was it was like 4 a.m i was falling back to sleep and then all of a sudden, and I had my eyes open, and before me was this old creepy man in like a ice cream um, um, 
outfit if you were running a truck through the streets, you know, for kids in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And he was laughing this uh, vicious. (laughs) And I felt like he was pulling my soul into his damn ice cream truck. And just as soon as I could get back into my body, I was like, fuck that. I'm not messing with that shit again. I don't want I don't want your ice cream, motherfucker. Stay away from me. <laughs> but that that uh that feeling, it's almost like like for me when that happened, I know you heard this story that it feels like every fiber of like every molecule in your body is getting pulled into this thing, almost like a like a magnet in the sense, and it's just I, I don't know how to explain it <laughs> other than it's just terrifying. So I, I know that in your journey, you're, you were a spiritually minded person. You were probably always a spiritually minded person. You may not have recognized it, but it, you know, you don't go down the Hebrew roots uh, road without, you know, having some real convictions about some things. But when I was a kid, I was surrounded by criminals and never heard any kind of religious anything yet i would uh sing this one song over and over again while i was waiting for the bus and i didn't know where i'd heard it or what it was in relation to and many many years later i found myself in a southern baptist church and they start singing the song that i sung to myself and it was uh, uh, amazing grace And so one of my pet theories is that the people, they're they're NPCs, and then they're spiritually uh, minded people. And the spiritually minded people are the ones that have the wild experience. Mm -hmm. Because the NPCs, you know, they're nothing. You know, they're just just placeholders. Mm -hmm. But spiritual people with a soul inside their body. They're the ones that are having these experiences. Yeah, I would agree. So, with that. Uh, you know, I had that experience at 15, and right around the time I graduated high school, I started uh, smoking pot and taking LSD every once in a great while. I never abused any of the drugs. The things I abuse is food, mm-hmm. but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> So uh, the first time that I took uh, LSD, I saw this serpent and it was moving back and forth. And I was kind of ignorant about what the serpent could represent. I knew one thing, you know, the story of the uh, Garden of Eden. And so I took it as not necessarily the best omen, but I continued taking Uh, LSD on occasion and having some amazing experiences. So when I was about 24, I I moved from uh, the Northeast Texas area to Austin because that's what you do. You go to the cool uh, town in your state, right? So I'm living down there and there's a lot of people from Paris that I know there. And these, these people always find a way to find exotic drugs you know we had um any given moment we could get you know mescaline 
um, very good ecstasy, LSD, mushrooms, all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of uh, fell into like once every three or four months, I would have a serious trip. And on one of these trips, I was by myself and I was sitting in a chair and a giant cobra and it was uh, multicolored, like green, yellow, red. And it stood up in front of me and swallowed me whole. And I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I sobered up and I thought, what does that, what does that mean? What does it signify? What just happened to me? And, you know, around that time, I'm quite a bit older than you, Nico. Uh, the internet was just finally getting off the ground. And uh, I'm 46. And so that would have been about 96, 97. And so I would look for things and didn't really find anything that really shed any light. And I was feeling lost because all I was doing was playing basketball, working to pay my rent. I didn't have any significant woman in my life. And I just felt like I was twisting in the wind. And then uh, one night I had a very strong or very clear lucid dream. I am in, I'm sitting in this uh, medical coat. I'm looking through uh, some sort of spectacle. I have the inside of a complicated movement on the table in front of me. And there's a little Buddha, there's a postcard, and there's other people milling about. And I like shot up in my bed. I'm like, what is this? You know? And, um, it's watchmaking school and one of four watchmaking schools in the United States happened to be in my hometown of Paris, Texas. Wow. So that, that morning I called my dad up and I said, Hey, if I pay my half of the bills and pay my way through watchmaking school, can I move back home? Well, within a week, he picked me up. I went back to Paris, got enrolled, got a job, moving right along and about three months into the program, I'm sitting working on a, a complicated movement. I had bought a Buddha resin, a resin Buddha about a month into the program and set it up on my watchmaker's desk. And that morning, my dad had handed me mail that I had gotten from my friend, Tony. He had been out in New Mexico and sent me this really, really cool um, postcard of these Native Americans doing the ghost dance. And it just really spoke to me. And so second I got into the classroom, I put that up and used the little, a resin Buddha to kind of hold it in place. Bent forward and then deja vu like you have never felt before in your life. Just snapped all together. Waved over me. And it was like time dilation. Everything slowed down. I'm sure if they were to uh, check my brain, there would be that, uh, what is it, glutamate or whatever they claim dilates time. It was just washing over my brain at that moment. 
and everything was perfectly aligned. And I knew that I had, this was the lucid dream that had started me on this journey. That's absolutely amazing. So it, it was a premonition too. That, that's seeing into the future. <laughs> now, oh, how much manifestation goes into that too? I mean, you made that happen from it. That's, that's absolutely incredible. So this, this one's one of those nested Russian dolls. You want me to unnest the doll for you? Let's unnest the doll. Okay, so when I was 12 years old, my, I walk into my home and my brother's watching some program about um, a zoo. I didn't know anything about it. I just sit down and started watching and it was gorgeous. Like there was all these, uh, you know, like uh, tropical plants and there was these exotic animals and just, you know, I've always been an artist in my soul and it just spoke to me. I was like, I turned to my brother and I said, I don't know where that's at, but that's gorgeous. And I want to live there. And I remember having a very strong emotional response to that. Okay, hold that thought in your head. I believe it was 1982. Yeah, January 13th. I have it written down in front of me because it's very significant. January 13th, 1982. A plane crashes into the Potomac River. You know, due to uh, lack of de-icing or whatever. And many people died. And uh, I remember being, I think I was seven years old at the time i remember watching that on tv and that being the first time i understood that people could die very significant moment okay keep those two thoughts in your head so i go to watchmaking school and i don't want to be a watchmaker because jeweler street watchmakers like crap and usually you work for a bunch of jewelers and i don't want to be treated like crap I got better things to do with my time. So my uh, teacher instructor walks in and says, this, uh, this aerospace company keeps headhunting me for a job to work on uh, things for the Department of Defense. And I was like, huh? Hey, Patriot right here. You know, give me that number. He wouldn't give it to me. So I bird dogged him for a week. Hey, man, you got that number so I can co-call these people? Finally, he gives up the goods. I call the company. I was like, hey, I will be graduating in two months. You know, if you fly me out, uh, you know, I'll do an interview, blah, blah, blah. So it happens, right? I get flown out to Clearwater, Florida. Within 10 minutes, they let me know that I've got the job. And that I was the first person that they've ever paid to fly out for an interview. I was also the first person they rented a hotel for and the first person that they rented a car for. So manifestation times a million. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that's what was going on. All right. So all this happens. The first week I'm there, uh, one of my new coworkers is like, hey, you're new to the area. You want to go with us over the Tampa? I was like... Yeah, let's go. So I get in the car with them. Don't even know where we're going. Blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, we're standing inside Lowry Park Zoo. And it hits me. This is the place that my brother and I were watching. Because it's one of the nation's greatest zoos. When I was 12 years old. And I told him that I wanted to live there. And I now live within 30 minutes of it. So... Now that's one part, okay? Uh-huh. 
that's why okay that's, while that's i'm amazing. there while i'm there nico i'm you know i'm wildcat i'm i I, do, I didn't look like i do now you know i had a good time in florida well one of the ladies that i dated uh you know she I made an impression on her. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. All right. But I decided that I, I wanted to date other people. So I ended up meeting my wife, the Greek lady I, I mentioned to you earlier. Right. And we have had uh, three wonderful uh, children together. And, uh, you know, it went its course. And many, many moons passed by and I divorced and I moved back to Texas. July 2019, a friend of mine and I had been reading the Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural book. And at the end of chapter three, there's a specific exercise that he wants people to do to manifest something into their lives. So this is what I wrote down. Uh, I love women with big asses, big, beautiful asses. So I wrote, I want a tall blonde with a big ass to get in touch with me. I want to travel up and down the eastern seaboard and I want to eat in four and five star restaurants and uh, just have the time of my life. I wrote those three things down. Those are things I wanted. Mm -hmm. And part of it is put the emotion into it, feel the intention. You got your electromagnetic uh, pulses there your intent is the magnet your emotions are the energy and you let it go you don't think about it again yeah that's that's kind of like from what i understand almost sigil magic in a sense you know with manifestation too yeah <laughs> so a couple so, weeks go by mind you i didn't know that's what it was at mm -hmm. the time i was just following what dispenser said right <clears throat> so uh, a couple weeks go by and I uh, have a message in uh, Facebook Messenger from a name I recognize. The aforementioned uh, lady I made an impression on in Clearwater, Florida. Right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, you want to FaceTime or whatever? And uh, she was like, sure. So she gets on there. And I remember her being about 5'10", blonde. And like all of us in our 40s, we tend to be a little heavier than we were when we were 20, right? So she, I mean, she knocked off all the marks. And I was just, she didn't know any of this. I was just, you know, in my head thinking, what's going on here? I said, well, where are you at in the world? She goes, I'm living in the D.C. area, East Coast. In my head, I'm like, what the fuck mm -hmm. travel up and down and the East Coast. Uh, yeah and she was like uh hey you want to come visit sometime and well long story short that uh that was in the middle to the end of july the end of august i was meeting her parents for a birthday party in the virginia area right mm -hmm. uh she had had uh, some pretty terrible experiences with men in the past and all she asked was absolute uh, truthfulness and that the not string her along. And so once I knew 
I proposed and we got married and I now live in the DC area. And I have eaten at some damn good restaurants and I've traveled up and down the Eastern seaboard plus a few other places. So I live in old town and all around me is four and five star restaurants. That's amazing, man. (laughs) On top of this. All right. This, this is to bring it full circle. Holly and I are sitting here one day and she goes, um, you know, one of my coworkers, he, when he was younger, he helped pull a bunch of people out of the river when the airplane went into the Potomac. And she goes, you know, it's like two miles up the river from us where that plane went in. Wow. I mean, you can't write a better story. I mean, that's, that's incredible, man. And that's why. I believe synchronicity, all this stuff. It, it, yeah. <laughs> one, one other part of this, which, I mean, every hair is standing up. Um, so my first wife, she was from uh, Manassas, Virginia, the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And she and her parents, when she graduated uh, high school, moved to the... Clearwater, uh, St. Pete area. Mm-hmm. All right. My current wife grew up in Clearwater, St. Pete, and then all her family moved to Northern Virginia. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't think this is a magical realm, you're not paying attention or you're an NPC. I 100% agree. And it's so, I mean, the way I met my wife, very, very similar. I mean, obviously not that much, but have you heard that story yet? Because it's very... Hit me, hit me with right. it. I've been talking too long. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I was an English teacher, right? Before I stopped doing that and started working in the car industry. Um, but I was doing my student teaching and it was in uh, fall of 2013. I was doing my student teaching and there were some issues with my credits. I transferred from a community college and all that. So basically they couldn't find, I had one placement down. You have to do two placements at two different schools, a middle school and a high school. So I had my high school placement all set. It was all ready to go, but they didn't have a middle school placement for me. And randomly, they just put me in this little town, town of Greenville, about half hour away from where I lived at the time. And, uh, never really heard of it or anything like that I get put in this classroom and the teacher I'm working with she's never had a student teacher before she's only been teaching about five or seven years at that point so she's still pretty new in the game too Uh, me and her hit it off great it's you know we have a good connection I'm learning a lot she's learning from me it's all good one day we're sitting at lunch and at the time I was single and she's like so why don't you have a girlfriend and whatever. And I'm like, uh, I'm just, I don't have time for that right now. I'm working three jobs and I'm doing the student teaching and all this stuff. She's like, you know, I have the perfect woman for you. And she describes the perfect woman, an artist, you know, she's doing all just everything that I wanted in life. Right. She goes up, but she's married. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, thanks. You know, (laughs) thanks for telling me that. Well, so that's, I wrap up the student teaching I go through and then I have that weird uh, paranormal experience in the December of that year 
I go on this huge spiritual journey and everything. And then 2015, it was December. And now I have to look back because this might, I got to look at the actual date. I have the text message saved. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same day that I had that lucid dream, because now that I'm saying it out loud, it's clicking in my head, but I'm sitting there at night. I'm on the computer playing some games and uh, I get a text message from this teacher that I was student taught with. And just out of the blue, I hadn't talked to her in over a year at this point. And she's like, I'm setting up a date for you. And then it all clicked in my head. I was like, is this the artist? Is this the woman? She's like, yep, her divorce. She just finalized the divorce, you know, and she's, we're taking her out and I want you two to meet. So about two weeks go by and it's now January 2nd of 2016. I show up at this place and I'm completely dumbfounded. I can barely speak. <laughs> and, you know, they say love at first sight. It was like, love it, it turned me into a total retard for a second <laughs> but i met this lady and uh we've been together ever since <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's just it's just so interesting i mean it's a lot different from your story but it just it, when you put it out there it, it's very interesting very very interesting magic comes in many shapes and sizes yeah and so <clears throat> We kind of got derailed because there's like a whole lot of oh yeah wildness that happened all through that. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but it's true because like it's kind of like that sigil magic. Like I thought about it, I was like, you know, that's that's like the perfect woman I want, and I'll, I'll get someone like that one day. And then just the whole point is you got to forget about the you know just leave it, and it will come yeah. true. <laughs> so. Yeah. So in trance surfing, it's uh, the idea is. Uh, not giving anything too much importance mm -hmm. that it's kind of like when you want people to like you, you're the loneliest MF -er that walk down the street. Yes. When you don't care, people are all up on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so true. So, uh, so anyways, I was I, uh, at 24 going into watchman school had the uh, deja vu where the lucid dreams synced up. Okay. Now I'm just going to hit like uh, the ESP paranormal things, no nesting. All right. Uh, you know, so just before I moved out to Florida, I woke up and it was like a combination of sleep paralysis, but also something was in the room. Um, restricting me with my bedding and they were you remember in the old Schwarzenegger movie predator where uh, the predator goes in the cloak mode you could yes. see a shimmer mm -hmm. well there was like four individuals two on each side it was almost like I was in a medical facility of some sort and I had two people on each side but they were cloaked and I was like trying to get up, but there was like a mixture of paralysis being restricted. And then I remember like trying to talk and I couldn't move my mouth. And then they went wherever the restriction stopped and I roll out of bed and I'm looking around the room going, what the heck, right? So that happens then. I moved to Florida. I'm in, under severe stress learning this new job. And 
I have this, uh, I'm late, go to bed and about 11 o'clock at night, I kind of come to and I'm hearing like this high pitched frequency. And I close my eyes again and in the hypnagogic vision on the backside of my eyelids, I see this queen human, almost like an ant queen, except she was there was a frequency that was pulsing out from her. And it was the, the thing that I was hearing when I woke up and she was telling me, be a good worker aunt and do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I got out of bed, turn all the lights and looking around. And I look out the people wondering what's going on. And I, I just couldn't shake that feeling that there's something on some level that is real, right? That frequency. So uh, I get married, have, have my daughters, and like in, I think in 2008, 2009, my stepdad in Texas passed away. And so I flew back home to help my mom with the affairs and to give the eulogy at his uh, funeral. And I met up with an old friend that I used to do LSD with a lot back in the day. And he's like, hey, man, after the funeral, do you want to come out to the house and uh, hang out and, uh, you know, have some old fun? I was like, yes, definitely. So we go up to his place and we eat these two incredibly strong edibles. And this is the first time I'd ever uh, messed around with any edible whatsoever. I didn't know what to expect. Just figured a few laughs, get the the warm fuzzies, and then it'd be all right. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Uh, Within about an hour, like his um, sofa had... Uh, flattened into the ground and I walked through the space which it was supposed to be I don't know I don't know how you can explain what that what happened at that moment and I think a part of my mind opened up to possibility when I walked through that space that I can't express to another human being so it was super intense right and at one point I told him, man, I just got to, I got to lay down and I got to close my eyes and work my way through this trip because it's, it's jet fuel. Mm-hmm. So I lay down and uh, I don't know if this was like the quintessential shamanic journey or whatever, but I had a spirit come to me and it's like all of a sudden i had like this tunnel vision inside my mind and this being was speaking to me and he said i will give you absolutely everything you just have to worship me and i said no nah, i'm good i don't worship i worship jesus and instantly sober nico i'd never mm-hmm. been that high and I've never been that sober that fast. Wow. And <clears throat> to be honest with you, I think uh, retro causality 
I think all the good things that happened to me prior to that day, all the blessings, all the gifts, everything that amazing that's ever happened to my ordinary life was because at that point in time, I was going to make a good decision. Yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. And I believe that the blessings and gifts that I've gotten since that point have been because of that decision. And so I didn't know what to do. Like of all of that experience, the thing that had me most shook was how quickly I was sober. Yeah. That's- and I went into the other room and I was looking at my buddy kind of sideways. Like, who are you? What are you? you know? So then you, then, you know, things subside and you get on a plane and you go back to Florida. I didn't tell my uh, wife at the time about that experience because um, she's a very devout Christian and she actually lives it mm-hmm. to the fullest extent. And I appreciate that of her. It may not necessarily be my walk, mm-hmm. but hers is beautiful. It's the thing that makes spirituality beautiful, right? Yeah. And that com- becomes important later. So shortly after that, I start having uh, more and more times where I wake up about 1130-ish or 330-ish. And I'm hearing these different frequencies. Sometimes it's one tone. Sometimes it's two, right? And sometimes there's a mist in the room, depending on the size of the room. And I did some research on that, the mist, mystical, you know, it's like a lot of experiences in caves uh, with entities, there's a mist. Mm -hmm. So I started having more and more of these and I didn't know what they were leading to. I was like, okay, I'm open to possibility. I would say that. And during the day at my job, I would listen to music like Tool. Tool was on heavy rotation because, frankly, I like complex music. Few bands do it better than they do. And I felt like they were trying to give me some sort of message in their music about, you know, opening up to different ideas. I now know that the weird symbol on the front of uh, Danny Carey's drum set, probably sigil magic in its own right. And uh, so uh, that that was a heavy influence. So one night my middle child is having a hard time going to sleep. So I tell my wife, I'll lay down with her. She'll fall asleep and then I'll come back in. So I'm out like a light. At some point, Lauren, uh, who's apparently still awake, gets up and goes and lays down in my spot beside her mom. I wake up to hearing the two tones, and they're almost like they're oscillating. And that, and it reminded me of binaural beats. And so I, I'm trying to shake shake it out, you know. And I sit on the edge of the bed. And then I stand up and I turn toward the door to go to uh, my bedroom. And the darkest, deepest uh, voice I have ever encountered said, don't go to Christ whore in my wife's name. Hmm. 
And like, it shook me. I was extremely fearful. And I am a giant dude, Nico. I, uh, it was a two-story house. There was no way there could have been anybody outside the window. But I looked anyways. Now, turn on light. There's nobody in the room. I do the whole, it's time to search the whole house and the whole grounds to see what's going on here kind of do. I do that. I go to my wife and I say, I just had this strange experience. And she's half asleep. She goes, go warm up some milk and try to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So I go back downstairs knowing good and well, no damn milk was going to fix this problem because we right. got, uh, you know, some something calling her Christ whore. Well, you know, it was somewhat accurate. She was a, she's definitely a devout follower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that going on here? So I lay back down and I start hearing the two tones again. And I'm, I, I get that resolve in my spirit, bound and determined. I'm going to figure this out. And I don't know if you've ever heard like underground techno, like uh, stuff by Tipper or some of those guys. It's not really but my music taste, but I, I can kind I of hear imagine it. You know, <laughs> I start hearing this alien version of the most of if Miles Davis did techno music. This is what that genius would do kind of deal. And it was coming into me. And I instantly start thinking about like Paul McCartney allegedly heard yesterday in a dream. Mm -hmm. I was like, is this that spirit, you know, that's given me this techno music? And I didn't know what to do with it. I fell asleep and like I was shook for a long time at that. I did I didn't know why that happened. I didn't know why, whatever it was, wanted to say that about my wife. And like, so. It's so interesting though, because you were sleeping in your daughter's bed, right? And she was in your bed. And I I mean, just because I've had that experience too, where I I go to put my son to sleep and I just, I I conk out and he's still awake running around. So it's very interesting, but. It, there's almost like has your daughter had any experiences that you know of? Uh, or? Uh, my two oldest daughters are have different abilities. Mm-hmm. My middle child is a seer, just unsolicited one day when we're talking on FaceTime. She's like, Dad, and I, I think she was probably five or six at the time. She goes, Why do I dream things? And then they happen the next day. I said, well, that that can happen. I just left it at that five-year-old minds. I don't want to, you know, I just want to let it be, Mm -hmm. you know. And then my oldest daughter, she has the ability to touch things and know things about them. Mm -hmm. And that came to me unsolicited. She like, she just, apparently her sisters were telling me that, she would just touch stuff underneath the tree and name it. And they went around to all the different stuff and said, Oh, this is a bottle with my name on it, blah, blah, blah. And like just knew everything. Yeah. And uh, she's had a few other things where like I, a knowingness that she could not have had has come to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the third one, 
has her own special abilities just because she is a spirit unto herself, a force to be reckoned with, you know, and mm-hmm. a redhead, you know, <laughs> those redheads, boy. <laughs> so, uh, so that happens. We divorce. I move back to Texas. And then it, it hits another level. I'm living at my dad's house, feeling like a complete, you know, loser, frankly. Uh, I did do one good thing, one really good thing uh, during the divorce. I gave my wife and kids absolutely everything that I owned. Everything that I had from my job, pension, everything, the house, just gave it all. And, you know, it was for the, the best but I had a whole lot of people. And that's, that's one of those things you do from the heart, Nico. Yeah. I had the world tell me I was stupid for doing that. The relationship I have with my ex-wife and kids tells me different. So anyways, move back, not feeling the greatest, blah, 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 looking into this, that, and the other trying to get some direction with my life, really start trying to work on digital art. And I'm reading all kinds of different books, both fiction and nonfiction. I really dive deep into Philip K. Dick. Are you aware of Philip K. Dick? Yes. Uh, Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. It's the premise yeah. of Blade Runner. And yep. Yeah. Well, that dude, some, some way, somehow, his life and my life, uh, are intertwined he's he's had such a profound effect on my reality so there was this man an author from uh, the uk named anthony peak mm-hmm. and he wrote a book about uh, phil k dick called the man who remembered the future and uh he was on aeon bite radio i want to say 2012 you know, and I happened to catch that interview and it totally rocked my world. And then I started doing a deep dive on Philip K. Dick. Well, one of the things that I came across was that Philip K. Dick had written things that later came true. So then I started drilling down on whether or not this has happened to any other authors. Well, it turns out it's happened to a whole lot of them. You know, there's a couple of guys who wrote about things that happened with the Titanic like 10 years prior. I believe Edgar Allan Poe had a situation that he had written about uh, almost 10, 15 years prior to it happening almost verbatim to what he wrote in the book, his only book. Um, And so I was like, okay, so you can write things down and then they happen. Now, we've been hearing this from, you know, Tony Robbins types, from billionaires, this, that, and the other, right? So I was like, okay, we need to start setting up some tests to see if this is true. So the first thing I did was I'm going to leave all my devices inside the house. So, and I'm going to take a piece of paper and a pencil. I'm going to go to the back of my father's property. I'm going to write two things down that I've never looked for on any kind of search engine in any kind of app. That's YouTube, Facebook, Google, anything. So 
I take the piece of paper and the pencil. I write down the two things. I look at the two things. I fold up the piece of paper and put it in my pocket. I know this because I did everything with a specific intention that I did not want anybody to say, oh, well, you know, if you said it aloud, your phone heard it and brought the stuff up, you know, that sort of thing. Or the camera was uh, looking. There's no way because there was no camera with me. I put it in my pocket. I walk inside. I don't say a word. I go to my uh, iMac, open it up, go to YouTube. Over in the right-hand side of things that I might be interested in, in the order that I wrote them down, were the two things that I wrote. Okay, one of them was doing uh, gymnastic backflips. And I'm here to tell you the six foot three, <laughs> 360 pound dudes don't look that up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how does that happen, Nico? I don't know. Is it a simulation? Is it? <laughs> so with that uh, data point in my pocket, I was like, okay, we got to take this to another level. Let's write something else up. And I feel like these was all precursors to uh, me diving into the Joe Dispenza information, you know, because this happened probably, I don't know, six months before I started reading that book. Mm-hmm. So I sit down and I write longhand. Um, behind my dad's house was a walking track, and I um, have a uh, uh, Australian Shepherd who's you know how your dog is attached to your hip well this dog uh is my soul buddy he's probably been with me through multiple lifetimes if that thing if that happens so i usually take him on a walk every morning uh when i live back home and so i wrote today and i wrote it in the present uh, present past uh Spot a red and I were walking down the track, and at this bench, there was a woman, a brunette, and she had really big breasts. And she asked me a question about religion. That's what I wrote, and I put it in the uh, drawer and forgot about it. Okay, two weeks later, seven o'clock in the morning, as I'm walking up the road, the path. I see in front of me a brunette woman sitting at the spot that I had written. And in my head, this is it. Game time, dude. Do not feed her any information to ask you a question about religion. Don't mess up the experiment. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, I center myself and I'm walking with Red and he's all like, who is this? There's nobody there, you know. Uh, usually and uh, so we walk up and I was like hi and she's like hello and she had a bible in her hand I was like shut up don't act about Liam and she goes what do you know about the owls in the woods over there I said well I know a couple different things about owls I know that in that book you had in your hand there's a owl that they call Moloch Mm-hmm. And I also know that uh, when a lot of uh, people have experiments, uh, experiences with aliens, that there's some sort of uh, glimmer, of, a glamour effect like vampires put on people, where instead of seeing the alien, they see owls. 
she's like, that's very interesting. And uh, I just kept on walking because I was like, I don't know what to do with that. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? and then I turned back around uh, probably about I don't know, five minutes later. She wasn't there and I never saw her again. That's bizarre, man. That yeah, is absolutely. So, so that's what started me down, like really hardcore, that alien aspect. It's like, uh, so that happens. I have the experience. Uh, um, I'm, I'm going through the Rolodex of experiences. So here's a question. Was that woman real? Or was it something your subconscious conjured up to? You know, I always question this because I had a very weird experience just yesterday in Walmart with my stepson. But it's like, I always wonder, like, why Why do these people... Sorry, my dogs are barking. <laughs> All good. Okay, but uh, yeah, like, is it manifestation? Is it our subconscious putting things there that we need to see and hear at that time like was she just put there to show you like yes this is the path to go down because whatever you imagine it's going to happen and it's, it's like i'll just tell you real quick too because this is just so weird you know my we went to walmart had to pick up a couple little things and my stepson likes to we bought him like this wax diffuser thing that you you melt candle wax and he he likes to play in it. You know, he likes to dip his fingers in the wax and it's a sensory thing for him. So we right. walked down the candle aisle and, you know, I've kind of hinted at this in some of my other shows, but we're going through some stuff with his father and my wife and, you know, just it is what it is. But uh, this old lady's in there and she's asking us about lavender candles and she it just we ended up talking to her for about 25 minutes and, you know, going over all these different like essential oils and things like that and you know at the end of it she just kind of looks at my stepson and just says to me like to him about me she's like this is a great man here you are going to learn a lot from him you know you really need to you know you, you you guys are both so lucky to have each other basically and it was just one of those things like I, I just needed to hear it he needed to hear it. it was a very interesting moment and then she walked away and I didn't see her in the store anywhere else. So I'm like, was she an angel? Was she? <laughs> I just have to question these things because it's, I needed to hear it at the time. My stepson definitely needed to hear it. It, it was a very interesting encounter. For sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, let's uh, set the intention that uh, all that uh, revolving around that situation works its way out as it should so, so carrying, carrying on, mm -hmm. uh, I, one afternoon I was reading, uh, William Gibson's Neuromancer. Are you, have you ever read that book? I have not. Well, it's a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, important book as far as like pop culture is concerned. I'm pretty sure that's where Bill Gates got the name Microsoft from. Okay. And it also named the internet uh, uh, cyber. What was it? Uh, cy anyways, it's the first uh, book to introduce the word cyber. 
uh, world or uh, cybernet into mm -hmm. the uh, uh, universal lexicon, into the zeitgeist. And what's this so book called again? Neuromancer. Neuromancer. I'm going to write this. So, yeah. So, uh, so in this book, this guy is, um, he's basically a dude who puts on this VR headset and goes into this virtual reality world and does this heinous stuff for the uh, biggest bidder, usually some sort of corporation or government. All right. And um, I don't know if there's something in that book that relates to our situation that we're currently in. But uh, the experience that it led to is on my Mount Rushmore of what the fuck was that? <laughs> so, like I said earlier, I'm a very big person and I'm laying there on this uh, sofa and I'm reading this book. And then all of a sudden, I feel something come through the bottom of the sofa, lift me up like a paperweight and throw me into the floor, throw me and the book into the floor. I pop up because I happen to be deceptively nimble for a big dude. And I'm like, whoa, this poltergeist is yoke, dog, because he just threw me like I would weigh nothing. I was like taking the, the freaking cushions off the damn thing, trying to like, how the fuck does this happen? I looked at that book and I haven't read that book since. I don't, I don't know if it's even related to that book, but I'm not messing around and I'm not getting thrown like that again by something I can't see. Yeah, that's so. That's one book that did that to me. Uh, so. Few weeks after that, I'm uh, kind of. It's about nine thirty at night. I'm kind of in that liminal space between wake and sleep, and something uh, is all of a sudden sitting on my bed, grabs my calf, uh, pushes off, jumps over me, lands on the floor, and runs off into the rest of the room, uh, house. I'm, I didn't see it. And so it must have been cloaked or whatever, or spirit. And I was like, just put that in the long laundry list of crazy shit. Mm -hmm. So shortly after that, you know, in my eternal quest to figure out what's going on here, I got a hold of uh, a copy of Russell Targ's book on ESP. Are you feel familiar with Russell Targ? I am not. He, he did a lot of work at the Stanford uh, Research Institute uh, with remote viewing in the U.S. Army. Okay, all right, it's ringing some yeah. bells. Mm -hmm. he also Project created, Looking Glass, right? Yeah, he also created a uh, app which is available on uh, iPhones to test ESP that I, that I use regularly called a ESP Trainer by Russell Targ, T-A-R-G. So I'm, it's about 1130 at night and my uh, Australian Shepherd Red is laying at the end of the bed. I had the lights on. I'm reading the book. I'm on my left side, kind of reading sideways, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, 
something jumps on the end of my bed and I look and I'm seeing through it. I'm seeing that shimmer like uh, the predator. It mm-hmm. runs up the length of my body and I instantly feel uh, sleep slash uh, sleep paralysis kicking in. Mm-hmm. And because of all the aforementioned uh, drug use with uh, psychedelics, I don't know why I did this, Nico. Maybe I'm just a hard-headed redneck from the wilds of Northeast Texas. But I said, you're not taking me today, Jack. And I fought to keep my uh, consciousness. Mm-hmm. I finally got to where I wasn't under sleep paralysis. And I went like that. And it stopped my hand, Nico. It wrapped it my hand. Wow. And then ran off the bed. I'm, I come to... I jump up and I look into the darkness of the rest of the house. My dad's on the other side of the house. I go through. I'm turning lights on as I go. I check on him. He's passed out. I go through the rest of the house, nothing. I come back and my dog, who's normally, you know, Australian shepherds, they're Mm -hmm. all over the place when there's anything going on. Mm -hmm. This thing is in a catatonic state. And I just like, was this thing gassing me to take me? You know, it's so, so interesting with that, like just the fact that because I've had experiences similar, never anything that intense where it's caught my hand or anything. But I've noticed I've woken up out of it and everyone else is basically comatose, whether it be the dog, you know, everyone around me. It's 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 bizarre, you know, like I've had just a few with with my wife in my life at that time. But like. She'll just be completely zoned out. And she wakes up for anything. I mean, if I fart the wrong way, she's going to wake up. (laughs) It's like I jump out of bed and she's sound asleep, like rock. So Mm. I always wonder, do they put some type of spell or like put them in some type of bubble or something to keep keep from interfering? You know? Yeah. Man, I don't know, but it's real because, oh. You know, almost all these experiences that I had where things either jumped off the bed or uh, actually touched me, almost all of them, my dad and my dog were in the house and both of them were passed out, you know. So from that point on, I believe I had one of the typical uh, succubus experiences where you wake up and something is riding you, you know, mm-hmm. your genitalia. You're mm-hmm. like, do I finish or mm-hmm. die or, you know, <laughs> no, get away from me. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, I had a couple of different times I would wake up and there would be a mist in the room and a woman had almost died in my uh, dad's house from a fire. And so her kids ended up hardwiring a really sophisticated smoke alarm system throughout the house. Mm -hmm. And it was still uh, in working order. And this mist would come up and the smoke alarm in that room would start chirping. And it was, it almost became there near the end, like an early warning system that uh, some metaphysical hijinks are about to go down. Yeah. And I told my brother about this and he he's had his own uh, share of like incredibly mystical experiences. 
You want to talk a master manifester. This dude is like next level. And uh, so I'm thinking, you know, your brother and yourself, my brother and me, I think it is a, it's connected to either our, our DNA or our spirit or our, our souls some way, somehow. And it's not the places because it follows me everywhere I go. Nico. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I mean, growing up, me and my brother, we were very, I'm just going to say we were weird kids. We lived in a city and stuff, but we didn't have a lot of friends, you know, and you're saying how you kind of lived in the middle of the woods. And it's like, do you get that connection? Because I mean, me and my brother are two, two and a half years apart. And so my brother and I almost exactly two and a half years. Yeah. And it's just, we, I'll get every once in a while. I'll just get an urge. I, like, I just got to text him, make sure he's doing all right and everything. And it's just and same with him. He'll just do it to me. We don't really talk too much other than that, but it's like, there's gotta be that if it's ESP, if it's, you know, I, I got another hypothesis for you, Nico, mm -hmm. because y'all were in that haunted house. And my brother and I were basically left to fend for ourselves for a lot of the time that we lived out in the woods. It would be very easy for a greater intelligence, such as aliens or whatever, mm -hmm. to put the glamour on kids, take them, do whatever, bring them back. Mm -hmm. I know that's a crazy idea. And I'm not completely married to it, and I don't want to die on that hill, but I'm leaving it on the table kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's just because, again, my brother went through something. He was a very he's, he's a big guy, too. He's about six foot, about 300 pounds. Just he's much bigger than I am, you know, and uh, he was very popular in school. He was on varsity lacrosse in ninth grade, big goalie, you know. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. something his senior year just happened, and he just became a total, like, shut-in, you know? And I tend to believe it was probably something more along the paranormal or spiritual things because it's just, it's just odd, you know, to see a kid that's very popular, full of life, kind of a big, goofy guy, just all of a sudden become a total recluse in a sense. Yeah, yeah, when I heard him on – your podcast. He sounds very gregarious. He sounds like a guy I could sit down and break bread with and just you know, yuck it up. You know, great energy about him. Mm -hmm. Probably does really, really good one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And my brother is just like you, Nico, like a skinny, wiry type, you know, full of energy. I can just tell by the way you're twitching. You got a lot of energy, dude. <laughs> I do. He's I do. my brother's the same way, man. He cannot, he cannot sit still. He's got to be doing. He's a doer, you know. And so I don't know, man. So I'll I'll kind of fast forward a little bit and tell you why I think it's alien related. Okay. Okay. So I generally don't take too much stock when you have a lot of synchrony synchronicities online with things you see on loading pages and stuff like that, right. okay? Because anything in the digital realm can be manipulated by a human being. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, some nefarious person is wanting to gaslight you on a, a different level, they could, you know, feed stuff into your computer if they were savvy enough. 
Right. So I was walking through my neighborhood, walking through the real world, and I was seeing 55, 555 everywhere. And like, it was getting ridiculous. You know, it's like, there can't be this many cars with 555 right. in the license plate, you know? So, whatever reason, I come home and I heard that Lawrence Fishburne had this movie that I had never heard of. And I was like, The Signal. And I just felt compelled. I was like, checking to make sure there was enough uh, money in my bank account so I could go rent this stupid thing and watch it right this second. You know, it was almost uh, like a compulsion. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. I haven't, but yeah, I've never even heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. That somebody like Lawrence Fishburne can put out a movie and you did. So I watched the movie and it's hitting on all cylinders, man. I'm like, oh my gosh, how how have I not ever heard this? about this I'm not giving any spoilers but I will tell you this at the very end of the movie this specific thing that is related to uh, our conversation has a number on the side of it 23514 that's 555 all day long dog and my brain like saw 23514 Boom, five, 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 shot into my head. I knew it instantly. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, I wasn't even looking for it in that damn movie. I was just like so engrossed in the storyline, everything. And then there it is. So I was like, we got to figure out what this shit is. So naturally I go and check out to see what all the angel pages have to say about it. (laughs) Cause that's where I go for truth. So, you know, I look up five, 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 the, uh, significance of it you know i'm on uh brave duck duck go google i'm going everywhere and not too terribly long into the search i'm reading through this page and it says that an incredible change is going to come uh, into your realm and it goes if 555 is significant to you then the number 1114 will be very significant to you. That's my birthday, November 14th. Hashtag, it's aliens. Alien. Alien. Oh, shit, man. I was like, I I closed the computer down. I was like, y'all motherfuckers run a game on me for a a lifetime. (laughs) Have you ever heard of Pierre Sabak? Mm-hmm. all right man if um you know your dad is a lawyer you seem like you have that kind of uh intelligence to break down language with the this uh spell craft that we have in our language word magic and everything yeah here sabak is the dude you need to check out and you can only buy his books directly from him okay and because of shipping from UK, I recommend you buy two when you can. So Pierre claims that our controllers, I don't call them elite, because mm-hmm. if you don't show yourself to me and, you know, show me your absolute dominance, then fuck you, you're not elite to me, Jack. 
-hmm. So the controllers, <laughs> the controllers uh, have hidden their uh, true selves in our language. I'm sure you're quite uh, aware of, you know, all the uh, information about Phoenicians and uh, maritime, uh, maritime law and all that and how, you know, like a vessel, we are birthed mm -hmm. into uh, our mother's canal, out of our mother's canal and all that kind of stuff. Well, he claims that through several uh, of the oldest languages that we have available, you know, like Proto-Hebrew, uh, all the uh, Indo, uh, Indus River uh, languages, mm -hmm. uh, Greek, that they have hidden their true selves. And you know, the sky people that the Aztecs and the Aborigines spoke about, or the book of Enoch talking about the fallen angels. I think they're all talking about the same thing. And I don't know if the ones here with the souls are here to uh, purify our souls, to learn how to play the game better, to manifest things with a pure heart. I don't know why we're here, but I do think we're here to test ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, I've, I've skipped over a whole bunch of different little minor experiences that lead me to this, um, I, this conclusion. But one of them was I, was I woke up and I was lucid and I was literally in the middle of a, a Mandelbrot set, a fractal. And it was generating uh, different colors and different formations on top of each other. Okay. And I said aloud in the dream, I said, this shows me that the creator of my understanding created this world. And the second the word world uh, left my uh, voice, another voice, not of me, came in and says, I'm showing this so you fucking wake up. And I woke up, Jack. Let me tell you, I was like, okay, I'm up. It's 3.30 in the morning. I walk into the living room. And I'm like, I'm here. Talk to me. Come on. Mm -hmm. Come with it. Don't just talk to me there in the, you know, in the astral plane or whatever. Come in right. here. So that's where I'm at, man. Uh, constantly trying to figure out what my purpose is with that, you know, my friend Owen, he has, uh, you know, you're, uh, has a position on that and trying to, you're not going to be happy unless you start uh, working on your soul's purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I, this isn't the only component of it, but I think this is a big component of it, is that we are supposed to come together, whether it be in uh, forums such as this or in real life. Mm -hmm. And we are to um, have community together, uh, those of like-minded uh, positions who, you know, see the, uh, the nonsense as it is. And I don't know if we're necessarily supposed to create a splinter group, but we're also, but I do think we're supposed to help each other. I don't think we're going to wake anybody up by our words, by our slides, by our deeds, uh, anything like that. They have to see us 
and it has to be sparked in their own soul and they have to go to their own hero's journey. You know, for whatever reason, me and you, we've, we were cast into these strange experiences that sent us on our path. Yeah. And yes. while I don't, uh, don't understand why I, I was chosen or the reason it happened to me, I give thanks for it because it puts a resolve in my heart that cannot be moved by fear or intimidation. And, and, and woe to the creature who tries different. Amen to that. And that's, I mean, it's so funny you bring that up. I mean, I, I was talking with Matt on the Great Deception podcast, and it's just, there's, again, it, there's no coincidence. Why are all of us meeting together now? Everyone's starting a podcast. Everyone's coming on to podcast. And like you said, though, I do think that there is going to be a point where we might have to break away and I, i've had this internal thing we didn't get to do too much camping this past summer and i'm like i want to get all of us east coast podcasters together and have a big barbecue camping trip and just but it's so i'll just manifest that now i'll put it out there so everyone that's can start right hearing it. but that's right i think like going on like the mask stuff right you know new york just announced the mask mandates are unconstitutional I haven't been wearing a mask since the start of this stuff, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen people in a store. As soon as they look at me and I'm not wearing my mask, I'm totally fine. Just living my life, shopping, doing what I need to do. I'll run into those same people again that I made eye contact with and they got it just below their nose now. <laughs> and it's like just so I, it, it, it is. It's that lead by example. We can sit there and talk to people all day. They don't want to hear the facts. But if we can start living this this new, just broken away society almost, mm -hmm. people can see that, oh, they're doing all right over there, you know? And I know and you it, don't. it's not going to be a total sovereign thing yet. I think that will come down the road. But it may be for our kids. We don't mm -hmm. know. We just have to be uh, honor our path, mm -hmm. really. And like um, your stepson and uh, your son, they'll see, you know, like I'm sure that you're probably a lot happier now. Now that you've gotten into this podcast situation, I bet you feel less alone. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been in this truth game for so long. There were so many years where I thought, man, what am I doing? There's nobody else that sees this. Why am I the only one? Sometimes I wish I hadn't taken the pill, mm -hmm. you know, because it was so lonely. It was. But now, now it's like, okay, I'm finding my tribe, you know, through the help of people like Bootsy and a couple of my other friends. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware of the group, uh, the podcast Weaving Spiders Welcome that's on YouTube. Uh, those guys do a very interesting deep dive. Um, there's a, one of the guys on there, his name's Gabriel. He has a YouTube channel called Slick Dissident. Okay. And let me tell you, my boy Gabe is next level genius when it comes to decodes. It is well worth anybody's time. 
And uh, the fact that nobody goes to his channel proves to me that he's on, he's on point. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, again, it's, it's just incredible because, you know, my first, my first real guest, someone that I don't know personally, you know, was uh, Davey Wavy from the Red Pill Cartel. Now, I had never talked with him. I mean, a couple messages on Instagram back and forth. We start chatting, and sure enough, he went through the Hebrew Roots movement, too. He got right. sucked into that stuff. And it's like, to me, that was like, holy shit. All right. Other people, because, you know, I talked to anyone around here. My family thought I was going nuts. They're like, why do you want to be a Hasidic Jew? What's going on with you? What's wrong? And it's like, and you're like, rock, hakadesh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go that far, but I had the beard. I was, I was kosher for a little bit. And it's just like, you know, everyone thought I was going nuts. And I'm like, no, I think this is. And I never fully bought into it 100%, but I was like, I think this might, you know, be something because they, they lie to you and they tell you it's the full, like, this is the truth. You know, this is what Jesus was teaching. Jesus taught the Torah and all this stuff. And I think there might be some truth to that to an extent, but, you know, I don't think Jesus was separating women, you know, during their periods and, <laughs> you know, telling people to beat their slaves. I'm pretty sure he didn't say those words. So... <laughs> There's yeah. a reason why he called on the synagogue of Satan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that uh, a lot of uh, Jesus teachings were yoked with things not of his liking many moons later by uh, evil men, probably at the council of Nicaea when uh, the official canon of the church was uh, chosen by Constantine. Mm -hmm. and they took out you know, a few books yeah yeah you know like the that pesky uh, book of enoch that might actually make people question some things and then when i found that book that was that was fascinating i gotta reread it again and just go through it because i listened to it on audio and i think i fell asleep through some of it but yeah. you know it mm -hmm. the whole it, it makes a lot of sense for what's going on today that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm going to keep uh, manifesting uh, good as many times a week as I possibly can. I'm actually, today I was uh, setting up uh, in Unreal Engine a uh, third-person game, and I was actually going to start modeling the city, the reality that I would like to see. Mm -hmm. you know in the in the um you know that same vein of uh not giving your uh energy to the things you don't want mm -hmm. well okay what would the city look like or what would the countryside look like if it was designed uh to promote health and happiness and opportunity for all of us regardless of your color or background or whatever i think there'd be i think you'd have to go get your water yourself and learn those lessons <laughs> just like yeah. you did when you were a kid you know and so you know i live in the middle of the city now and uh, i recommend this to everybody who's in a city that you get yourself a berkey and get yourself uh you know it has a really good carbon uh, uh filters you can also as an add-on, get uh, the arsenic and lead uh, filters on there. They're expensive, but they 
uh, initial investment is expensive, but when you work it out, it's like two cents per gallon. And I've got to tell you, I think it helps. You know, I'm 46 years old. I don't look like I'm 46 years old in the face. And uh, I think it's because I drink good water. And I constantly tell myself that uh, I have a strong immune system and uh, nothing of evil can do anything to me because I'm pure. And talking to your body, matter of fact, I got an experiment for everybody that hears this who wants to have a unique experience. Now, it may take you a, uh, a few days to a few weeks, but as you fall asleep at night, say, speak to your pituitary gland. Pituitary gland, please release the hormones that cause my pineal gland to activate. Do this for a few times and see if something very unique uh, happens. Because the few times I've had it happen is I've had something show up and energize my body and it felt like it was healing me. And I don't know what that was, but I guarantee I woke up feeling like a million bucks. And right now my barometer is, how does it make me feel? So like, I really respect the musicality of like Eminem, mm -hmm. but how do I feel after I listen to that music? Do I want to do some trash things or mm -hmm. am I uplift? Whereas if I listen to Knuckle Bear and Messing for the People, how do I feel after I listen to that music? Oh, I want to do good things for my community and for myself. I want, you know, just your body and your feelings will tell you whether or not something is good for you. We just have to be honest with ourselves and respect what our uh, interface is telling us. And it's so true. It, it really does go back to the water because from September to right around Thanksgiving, I only drank distilled water. And, you know, they yeah. tell you not to do that, but I did it and nothing bad happened. You know, you're still here. <laughs> I'm still here. You know, I, I don't think I was deficient in any minerals, but I did that mixed with some intermittent fasting a few times a week. And man, yeah, it Ooh, just, fasting. You know, I woke, I had so much more energy. There was times I didn't need coffee in the morning and I got, I got to get back on that because, but what's so interesting too, I've noticed in the stores, there's a, there's a shortage of distilled water lately. <laughs> so it's like, so, yeah. So I don't know if you've ever drilled down on the fasting per se, but okay. So in the King James, and I'm not saying the King James is the end all be all. Mm -hmm. It certainly has its issues with its history. Mm -hmm. But when you read it, it says, it always says fast and pray. It puts the two together. Mm -hmm. Like um, uh, the New International Version and some of these others that have come out since, they have done a really good job of taking fasting out of prayer. Mm -hmm. And when you, I think that there is something that uh, connects you. Maybe it's uh, you clear the energetic pathways to connect to the creator of your understanding better when you're fasting. But yeah, you can have some 
very uh, spiritual, magical experiences in that in that state. Yeah, and what I you know just from a purely scientific per, you know reason, I think it's when you're not. Our bodies are constantly digesting food. When you're eating food all day, and then when you aren't, when you're giving your body that chance to actually, your organs can do what their functions are, and it's not just being bombarded with all the nonsense we put in there. I don't know. I mean, I felt I felt a lot better, and I can just that's like you said. I can go off what I felt. I felt better. I had more energy. I was more clear-headed. I had much more creativity and ambition. I could. I felt good. You know, things started mm -hmm. happening. Things started taking off with my show. Thing I started getting more and more guests. I was finding my voice a little better. So, yeah, I, there's there's a lot to it when you get the mind the what do they say it the mind body connection when it all come comes together you can really start making magic happen and you know it's a lot of people don't want to hear that <laughs> but and i don't know that we're here uh for them nico yeah. mm -hmm. we're here for uh our tribe exactly. it's our time mm -hmm. for yeah. our loved ones that you know that we are the leadership for and the people that uh, resonate with what we see, yeah, that's our group. Mm -hmm. so. And like you said, and like we kind of hinted at, I think more people will want to join our tribe <laughs> once they see what. Just the metaverse is going to be a cold, lonely place. Okay. Exactly, and it's just. I had this crazy idea of uh, making a video game. And uh, you may want to edit this part out because it's going to be rough. But, uh, you know, initially at the start of the video game, and an incel is enjoying the pleasures of a flashlight. Let's put it that mm -hmm. way. And then uh, a regular, normal, uh, well-adjusted uh, man walks in. He's like, man, you're still messing with the synthetics. You got to go organic, baby. Everybody knows <laughs> organic's better. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious man if snl was funny that'd be a funny skit <laughs> you know like because it's just so true like yeah hey to each to each their own but that i'm not gonna edit that out i think that's absolutely hilarious but uh yeah no it's i don't get this push for the metaverse and i don't nobody i talk to has any desire to even sign up for it you know like it's just the way they're pushing this stuff it just makes no sense to me but uh yeah again it's like they they tried everything to make us afraid of air make us afraid of you know being outside in nature being in the sunlight doing stuff so it doesn't surprise me that they're pushing it but i think people are going to figure it out real quick that it's not all that it's chalked up to be and i'll just leave it at that Right, right. Yeah, well, you and I, we ought to meet in Scranton for lunch sometime, man. You know, that's, that's probably like the middle point between you and I. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> That'd be a good, good, good lunch. Yes, it would. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I will definitely have you back on, sir. This was, I know you have more stories. Yeah. For sure. But uh, I, I have to get running in about 10 minutes or so. But uh, 
I really appreciate you reaching out and coming on. This has been, this has been awesome. And uh, if you want to just tell people where they can uh, get in contact with you. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty uh, accessible on Instagram under at Lehman Dolan's art, L E E M O N D D O L L I N S art. And uh, I post daily. If you, if you like art, check it out, hit me up. I'm a, very gregarious person so yeah yeah man well Lehman thank you again for coming on we'll talk a little bit after the show and I will definitely have you back on as a guest my friend thank you all right talk to you in a little bit Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And that's the show, folks. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it and you want to support the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Uh, Spotify also has a five-star or star rating system. If you could leave me five stars there as well, that would be great. And the other big thing, the huge favor I'm asking all of you, if you enjoy the show, share the show with your friends, with your family. If you know someone that's into paranormal or unconventional things, share it with them. You know, send them your favorite episode. Uh, post your favorite episode on social media. The last episode I just put out with Pepper uh, is the most plays I've ever gotten because multiple people shared that episode. And I know that it's 100% related to people sharing it. So that's how this show will grow. I really appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for listening. And yeah, I'll see you on the next episode.